Hi, I'm Leslie Holloway, and this is our podcast, Who I Am. This podcast is an exploration to how each of us has developed into who we are based on our past experiences and how we can make changes to become who we want to be today. All right. Welcome to podcast one. Uh, Today we'll be talking about specifically how we become who we really want to be on a journey of selecting habits and bringing things into our life that we want to actually experience and then choosing feelings that we want to feel. Um, would you say that initially we're a conglomeration of environmental situations that we've carried up to this part of our lives so far? Yeah, yeah, I think that that's uh, a good way of, uh, yeah, summing up basically what who we think we are at any given moment before we kind of go deeper into what we might want for ourselves beyond what has been in our past. And if we look at, like, the early childhood developments, we see that that is becoming, you know, the 90% of who we actually are and then replaying those habits over and over again, many of which are just environmentally related. So they were actually choices we had as much as they were observations and perceptions that we made in an already unfolding environment which, you know, we may or may not have had much influence on. Would you say that was a fair statement? Yeah, and at that age, there's basically little that we can do to kind of uh, react to the world in a different way than, um, I guess, we... we, uh, Like, our first reaction is basically what lasts with us from there. Yeah, and so you're relying upon your caretakers, whoever they may be, to be showing you the best examples of the best person you could potentially be. However, you're getting a mixed bag of potentially that, but also, you know, bad habits that your caretakers are showing you, which generationally get handed over from generation to generation or, you know, some picked up somewhere in the environment. I think today it would be fair to say, you know, the media culture we live in has a pretty huge influence over behavior. Would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah, I think so. I think that's why a lot of parents, you know, try to guide that behavior based on uh, things like, I guess, limiting access to technology and certain media at an early age, which isn't always taking place. So uh, if you don't have the best caretakers, if you don't have the best school environment or even just the entertainment that you view, uh, I think that that has the potential to kind of impact who you are at a very, very early age. Yeah, exactly. And as we get wiser in life and we see, I guess, make choices, have selections, uh, and go through life experience, we may or may not be actually making choices. What is most likely occurring is our subconscious mind is having an overarching influence on our choices, our behaviors, and our feelings through habit. And the stories that we tell ourselves in conjunction with the habits 
is what's going to form our outlook or our, how we perceive things from that point forward. So one could objectively kind of analyze what's going on, but since we're so subjectively living our lives most of the time, we're almost blindly caught into these habits that we don't necessarily want occurring. However, we're almost slaves to this portion of our brain, which if used correctly is actually a benefit, but if is being functioned or repeated in a pattern that we don't want, then we need to use specific techniques to go in and change that program, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's kind of harder to realize that if your overall, uh, I guess, perception of your life is, isn't negative. So if things are going well for you, or, or maybe even if they're just kind of, you're, you're just kind of gliding along, you might not recognize that uh, if you did change certain habits uh, in your life, you can kind of uh, guide in a different direction uh, that's overall more positive. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, might be hard to realize that you're living habitually, uh, and that you might be able to live a better life, uh, that's more unique to yourself than to anything else that came before you. Yeah, exactly. So w when you're, when you're doing some in-depth analyzation or you're actually taking a real look at your own thoughts, choices that you're making, uh, we, I think self-identify with everything and then potentially could be defending things that we don't even believe in just because it's a makeup of our personality. So I think it's important to realize that your personality is a makeup of several things that you never even chose to begin with. Yeah. They were just basically perceptions or situations that maybe were, I don't know, negatively interpreted at the time and so might be a traumatic experience in which now every time you go through that specific experience manifesting itself in maybe a slightly different way as you get older your natural reaction might be to shut that experience down or in your mind you start playing out how this experience is not going to work out because it hasn't in the past and so you prepare your mind and body for like a blow or a circumstance or a result that isn't what you want, but then you feel like the circumstance is beyond your control. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, and it doesn't really matter what the context is of what situation kind of triggers that, um, those, I guess, effects uh, that the, pa the past memory or traumatic event might have on you. So... Uh, the fact that it can happen anywhere from any sort of uh, trigger, I think, um, shows like the power that it has to kind of hold us back uh, in in totally different situations from what originally happened, and and that it can kind of happen anywhere uh, at any time in your life. So as long as that continues to happen, uh, you know, we we really see like I guess uh, an anchor holding us down when we think we're kind of heading forward in life, when we're just kind of standing still yeah. because of this one benchmark of uh, experiences in our life. So just to let listeners know, um, this is a program that is going to be focused in on coming up and designing programs specifically for individuals to reprogram their minds, 
run stories that they want to have happen in their lives, be able to unconditionally feel however they want to feel regardless of their circumstances, and ultimately design a life that you are choosing from this point forward rather than react to life in habitual patterns in ways that you don't want to have happen. So maybe that wasn't phrased that great at the very end there, but um, we'll, we'll be doing affirmations, guided meditation. We'll have a program that will enable you to take advantage of sleeping. Uh, could, maybe we could talk more about uh, how our brains are operating so we can discuss maybe slight details of the operating system. Um, as we have discussed before, uh, the current education system uh, prepares individuals to be problem-solving and be in high cognition of their environment for very long periods of time uh, using large portions of their left brain activity. Uh, very little right brain activity, however, is being used or developed during this time period. And the brain frequencies that you experience are considered beta. There's multiple brain frequencies, you have, and each one does something very specific for your body. And it gets your mind into a state that makes it cohesive for you to function in a very specific manner. So beta is good if you're excited, if you are in a situation that requires you to react quickly, survival. Uh, it's a dream state that creates, or it's the state while you're dreaming. And uh, for the most part, you know, should incorporate a portion of our thinking. But what the problem has become is that in, we are now going through an education system, eight, 10 hours a day in full beta state, and then intermittently or once leaving that, we continue to remain in high beta state by absorbing internet, the phone, different outside situations or dramas or, or however you want to describe it, but activities outside of your mind that you download and learn about, and that's also beta. So the right brain, that's where you create. That's where you feel love. That's where you are in flow and you feel like your life is working out. Uh, that's where you're in the moment. All of these are associated with the right brain. Um, if it's not getting used and the left brain is overused, you have basically brain incoherence. And synergistically, your brain is not functioning correctly. So, and by the way, this is not, this is, should be expected. If you are unfortunately raised in a education system that is not allowing you for full brain development, and you're only using a part of your brain, when you do get to life after education and things don't start working out the way you want them to, anxiety is the end result in your left brain.
And because of the low brain function on the right side, you don't go into everything's going to be okay. You, you don't achieve flow state. You're disconnected from your feelings, all of which are normal activities in a normal functioning brain. But that high left brain, high beta state, you're basically left with a, only a portion of your brain working correctly. Um, would you say all that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I think definitely. And I, I think when you get into that idea of, of failing uh, in a certain aspect of your post-school uh, career uh, and, you know, the anxiety that it produces and depression, all these different things, uh, it's easy to see that failure as being a self-deficiency uh, rather than something that uh, has to do with, uh, like you said, the programming of, of your behavior, your, your thought patterns, the, the way that you perceive the world and problems. Uh, and so it, it's easy to perceive that as a failure of yourself rather than uh, the systems that you're kind of working with. Exactly. Um, so, and, and I'm glad you mentioned how long we spend there because, uh, you know, talking from the uh, smallest idea of a traumatic uh, event, I, I still think about waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning or something like that to go to school. And, and, I, and the, I, if I wake up at the exact same time nowadays, uh, I'll think about the the temperature of the air, the the how awake I am, or whatever, and it'll bring me back to that moment, those moments uh, when I was a kid going to school and thinking, uh, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be doing this, uh, and just knowing that the day ahead of me was going to be a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so that that is the feeling that I still carry with me, despite the fact that you know you can have a healthy uh, schedule, wake up early in the morning, do the things that you want, and achieve the things that you want to achieve. And just that the fact that that little moment of, of your, you know, grade school days uh, can have such an impact uh, goes to show how much all, all of the other things that you're kind of trained to think, uh, you know, how, how those will affect you even, even more. Yeah, exactly. And, and as, the, as we continue forward, remember, it's, it's when, when you're moving forward with the grade school habits, uh, if you're not working on replacing the habits that you know need replacing, um, they you'll just repeat them to a greater degree where they become even more embedded and you'll have even more life events with similar results but not the results that you're looking for. And And if I'm not mistaken, science is now showing that by the time you're 35... You've been fully programmed, good or bad. You're running full programs, which are, which means day to day, just about 90 to 98% of your day is identical to the day before. Critical to recognize what programs you're running. Critical to recognize what programs need replacing. And let's go once again saying we need to stop defending these programs like they're our personality, start recognizing that these programs were planted there at a very young age. So we're not necessarily responsible for them. So it's now that we're adults and we can take an introspective look at, at a much more mature level of those thoughts that we do want to have and the feelings that we want to associate with thoughts, 
Um, it gives us an opportunity retrospectively to use certain techniques uh, to reintroduce new programming, rewrite the stories, have life turn out the way you would like them to, feel love, peace, and joy regularly without having uh, it be affected by results or circumstances. Right, because if you look at the conditioning of the human experience growing up, typically we're looking at love, reward systems being conditional. You were a good boy because you did X, Y, and Z. Uh, the whole education system, when you're placating individuals giving grades, and as an end result, by placating these individuals, you're now attaching your desires to somebody else's desire of your behavior. Now you're going dangerously in the conditioning of people pleasing. And I think that's, that's a major situation that people may want to reflect to see how much of that's going on in their life. And what we need to do is we need to reinforce within people that they're loved just for being themselves, not something they can do or something they can perform. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah. Uh, on, honestly, I think that that's one of the ways that you, you uh, the more that you try to fit within structures and please certain, like, authorities, uh, uh, it's like you said, it's just an extension of, of your, your school years. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're just out of high school and college or out of college and a, a job, the more that you try to please those certain systems, uh, the less anything that you do is for yourself. Uh, yeah. And and, um, and that might be your goal to succeed within those frameworks, but I, I think that, that you have to question that as well to see if your desire to succeed within a system that has arguably, um, you know, treated you without any sort of individuality, you know, whether that's something that you actually want. Yeah, and, and then, you know, you find yourself in a never-ending sea of systems with a never-ending sea of rewards and, you know, with the, with the idea of delayed gratification for money or, I don't know, a job perhaps, um, the idea is that you put up with X, Y, and Z currently and so far into the future and then you will receive A, B, and C. And the problem with that system is when you get to the A, B, and C, you know, it, was it worth shifting and developing parts of yourself that you would have never developed if it wasn't for this reward conditionality sea of systems that you're, that you're habitually playing over and over again? And now who are you? Are you the person you wanted to become or did you become something that, you know, isn't even you just so you could receive something that you think you wanted? And by the way, uh, just wanted to mention this, that everything we do is so we could feel a certain way. So putting that into the equation of what we've been discussing, if you are doing different things in order to receive something and the things you're doing, you don't want to do, but you want to receive this something, just remember 
your desire for that something is so you can feel a certain way. So wouldn't it make sense to cut the connection between the thing that's desired and how you feel and develop a system that enables you to feel any way you want to regardless of the circumstances or the results? Yeah, and, and, and you know, looking back at, at the things that we might want for ourselves when we're young, uh, it might just be like a sense of acceptance or, or care or love uh, from like uh, your guardian or family members or, or anything like that. So some of that makes sense uh, when, you know, you're a kid and, and there's certain very obvious things that you want. But as you age, those rewards become less about actual emotions or uh, any sort of... Uh, you know, personal achievements for yourself and, and they become about, mo- like, it's, uh, be- they become monetary decisions. Uh, you, you do things for money or you do things for status and, and those things, uh, unless, you know, you're imbuing that into your own personal endeavors that you have on the side, uh, or really, it goes to show how you can waste large amounts of time uh, focusing on, on these um, rewards in systems that don't really uh, profit you in any other way than with money. Yeah. And, and aren't we kind of societally speaking, kind of at a, I don't know, a a crossroads to a degree where a lot of the systems that we're discussing kind of, you know, I think have kind of run their course that these systems are broken. The things that we're discussing are discussing why they're broken. And, And it's not that, you know, we need to frantically discuss systems or discuss some outcome that we don't want. We just have to logically look and see what's going on. And then we just have to make some small changes in certain behaviors inside ourselves. And over time, those little changes become medium and then the medium changes become larger. And that's how habits work because it's one day at a time, one month at a time, one week at a time, one hour at a time, depending on what it is. But remember, you want to live an authentic life that you're happy with moment to moment. We were meant to live in the present moment. If you're excited about what's going on in your life right now, you want to live in the present moment and you're excited about it. So if our brains were trained to constantly look into the future and, you know, chess match out endless amounts of stuff or be in some kind of survival mechanism and systems where we have to game play everything in a worst case scenario or a survival mode so we can scrape by, that's not really designing your life. That's taking the situation you're in and hoping you get to tomorrow. That's no way to live. So with what we, with the programs that we're going to be having and releasing over the upcoming months, we're definitely going to be helping people discover what stories are they telling themselves. They're going to take a look at their past, potentially rewrite some stories They're going to be able to tap into their emotions and feel the way they want to frequently. They're going to be able to uh, design dreams in their sleep time to help 
maximize benefit in their personal life. By the way, this one's an exciting one. Uh, I'm really excited to be working on the sleep one in particular. Uh, there's not a lot of information, and I don't believe anyone's going to be doing exactly what we're planning on planning to do. And and a lot of what we're designing is scientific uh, researched um, audio uh, to get us into you know, one of the main states, brain states to reprogram your mind, the theta state um, will enable you to go into the program, the subconscious, and you'll be able to take what is going on there and do some really good shifts and change our outlook on the, on our perception, on our lives, how we think, how we interact with the world, how we feel. And that's basically who we are, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I think that's an important thing to note is when you're looking at the, the problems that you might have in your life, uh, saying that some of those problems are subconscious might be kind of daunting in the sense that how how do I over, overcome something that I don't even consciously understand uh, yeah. or, or that I, I realize is there to begin with. And I think that, yeah, putting yourself in, in those brain states that kind of is conducive to... Um, uh, I guess changing them, it, it, it's helpful to know that there's a, an actual scientific mechanism behind uh, your malleability and your ability to change uh, as a person. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of it takes the onus of your personal subjectivity. And the closer you can get to the scientific objectivity, it becomes less about your personality and more just about choices that you want to make for yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to note that, you know, you, you talked about either spending time in the future and building anxiety or spending time in the past and, and, and having whatever that results in. But, uh, you know, we can look to the, pro the past to see what problems we have in our life or we can look into the future and build, like you said, those negative stories that, you know, uh, produce anxiety. Uh, but it's important to note that once we figure out what problems there are in our lives, we don't spend time... Uh, in the past or in the future any longer. We, we only build uh, those alternatives the, that uh, we want to, I guess, make to build ourselves uh, and, and grow in a different direction. So we, we yeah. note the problems and then we kind of just view only alternatives and solutions. Yeah. And, and weird, weirdly enough, uh, one human condition is the desire to uh, repeat the familiar. So as the human condition of habit develops, uh, we we'll, we will hold on to a known negative situation over an unknown situation that could possibly turn positive. And that is the anxiety and fear in the left brain that is abnormal, in my opinion. When the right brain's working cohesively, the right brain will be overriding the left brain, saying everything's okay, this is just normal, things are going to work out fine. Um, and and the we'll be having a, a few programs with that, uh, the allowing you to have left-right brain coherence so they're synergistically working together and... You know, you're 
your outlook becomes much better and you, you'll pull yourself out of an anxiety mode and then you, you, you'll just start creating brain chemicals where you'll feel a lot better. Natural ones too, by the way, because I know, you know, people will take drugs in order to feel a certain way and that's not a, that doesn't always end up well, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening and join us tomorrow for more discussion on who you are on Who I Am. Who I am.